<laughs> am I the only one excited about the ice cream corn? I am. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Sideshow Bob. When I suggested this, I did not realize it would be during my episode. <laughs> That's what you get for making suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? to another episode of Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the 1990s Sailor Moon anime and we have a yummy snack. I'm Jen, and as always, I am joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So Tracy, do you want to tell us what we're going to be snacking on today? Yes. So today we are trying Korean corn ice cream. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be interesting. So it looks like it's just like an ice cream bar with kernels of corn in it. And Brent is so excited to try it, right, Brent? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one word for it, I guess, is excited. <sighs> so today we have a brand new special guest, uh, one of my True North Nerds co-hosts and producer of this show, and also my husband, Brent. <laughs> Hello. I put that in order of importance, I guess. <laughs> oh, <thanks>. oh, no. <laughs> Uh, so, Brett, do you want to tell us about your history with Sailor Moon, if you have any? Um, not much of one. I never really watched it uh, uh, when it was on, I guess, what, YTV? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I probably saw, like, chunks of episodes, because I want to say Samurai Pizza Cats was on in around the same time Sailor Moon was. Like, either before an episode or after an episode. And I loved Samurai Pizza Cats. I vaguely remember Samurai Pizza Cats. I'm, I want to watch it because it's also on Tubi or that Retro Crush anime channel that, that we also have loaded on the TV. But at the same time, I don't want it to, to ruin the Samurai Pizza Cats. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what Samurai Pizza Cats would be like as an adult, but I definitely mm. loved it as a kid. <laughs> but the uh, beyond that, uh, the the woman that I dated before I dated Jen was also a big Sailor Moon fan. So I, I've seen little snippets and bits and pieces, and uh, both the the previous girl and Jen have tried consistently to make me watch the live action version to which I have seen bits and pieces and not convinced of how good it is, but oh, the live action is so amazingly bad. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So beyond that, like I, I know stuff through osmosis because I've bought Jen lots of sailor moon stuff over the Yay! years. So I've learned bits and pieces, but I, I haven't, like, I think this is probably the first time that I've sat down and watched an episode all the way through, like, back to, from start to finish. <laughs> oh, we picked some good episodes for you. Uh, so you know who the main Sailor Scouts are, the Sailor Senshi? Kinda? <laughs> I guess you don't I, I have a so. favorite, huh? <laughs> well, no, not really. <laughs> um... It's uh, the, I, I can tell you that my favorite is not Sailor Moon. That much I'm pretty <laughs> sure of <laughs> from, from watching these two episodes. It, it's definitely going to be one of the other Sailor Scouts. Aw, <laughs> oh, poor Usagi. Uh, so that'll bring us to today's two episodes. We are watching episode 37, Let's Become a Princess, Usagi's Bizarre Training, and episode 38, the snow, the mountains, friendship, and monsters. 
Oi. I, I, these were funny episodes. Uh, well, let's start with uh, episode 37. Let's become a princess. Usagi's bizarre training. So this is the one where Usagi decides to go to a princess seminar held by some English countess that just happened to show up. Uh, Tracy, overall impressions of this one? Um, so I like how Kunzite is trying to like trap Sailor Moon in like the most obvious ways. It's yeah. almost like the Wily e. Coyote and the <laughs> Roadrunner <laughs> because, <laughs> because he's like, well, she's stupid, so I'm going to catch her for being like the worst at everything except for frisbee. <laughs> I love that you just have to slap the word Moon Princess on it, and they're like, oh, that's Ooh. for me. I'll go. Like, exactly. Like, and it doesn't it doesn't look like a trap whatsoever. Mm-mm. Like up until they became Sailor Scouts, Moon Princess was not a thing in their lives. But now that it is, it's like, well, everybody must know about it. And that's why they're throwing festivals and ski tournaments and princess <laughs> parties <laughs> all in yeah. its name. Right. Specifically for moon princesses, not yeah. any other kind of princess. But that's more like the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for this one, to be fair, Usagi is trying to be a better princess because she's kind of trying to come to terms with being the moon princess. And she's like, well, OK, if I have to be this moon princess, I should try to be a good princess. I know mostly because she wants to dance with tuxedo mask. But <laughs> I mean, baby steps in the right direction. I guess. <laughs> Let's go with I guess. Uh, At one uh, point in the episode, so the Sailor Senshi are again meeting up to talk about Usagi without her there. And um, I don't know, like what I really like about Minako is she's like, what's really what's wrong with her the way she is? She's fine. And then Artemis is like, there are so many things wrong with her. (laughs) Artemis is a jerk. And I'm like, rude. Um. But it's really nice to see because, again, we haven't seen a lot of Minako up until this point. She's really only been a Sailor Senshi for a handful of episodes. And she's already defending the princess. Yeah, Which I, I really know. like about her character. Like, she, she's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, good for you, Minako. There is nothing wrong with Usagi. She is who she is. And you shouldn't try to change her just because you found out she's the reincarnation of a thousand-year-old moon princess. Like, come on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I love that this is the episode where we find out that uh, Luna has been getting her orders from Artemis this whole time. <laughs> yeah, like that was weird. And why did the glitch all of a sudden? And now he's like l- sitting around in his living room giving orders with, with a like can the of tuna next to him. <laughs> yeah, with like the voice changer. That's so weird. And then Luna's like, "So why didn't you tell me before?" And he's like, "Well, you didn't ask." And I'm like, "Okay, valid." So- yeah, I guess, but it's still really weird. <laughs> yeah, Artemis is a bit of a jerk. He is, and I don't remember him being that much of a jerk in the English dub. No, me neither. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I don't like I don't like Japanese Artemis. No, Japanese Artemis is is mean. Well, of course, Japanese Luna's mean too. So, mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was such a weird episode. Um, I love that Usagi is like trying to be to get into this princess school and she's like, I'm bad at everything except Frisbee, which is the one thing that she needs to be good at to get into princess school. Okay, like that's so obvious a trap. I'm yeah, like again. <laughs> <laughs> and and Luna doesn't say anything. She's like, okay, well, obviously, if you're good at Frisbee, you should go to this princess school. Because princess schools are also totally a thing. And why is a why is a countess holding a princess school? Why is a countess from England in Japan in the first place? Well, that, there's there could be multiple reasons for that. That's the, yeah. That would be the least of my thoughts. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, how many people need to learn how to be a pre, uh, like, a princess compared to, like, maybe a countess or, like, you know, a finishing school or something like that. 
it is very obvious that they're trying to trap a princess. How to trap a princess. Have a princess school. (laughs) Yeah, but you can't really fault Kunzai's logic in this trap. Because he's like, we know Sailor Moon's an idiot. We know that she's clumsy, but we know she's really good at the frimsy or at the frisbee. So if we find a, an idiot clumsy girl who's good at frisbee, you know, Sailor Moon. <laughs> I mean, it's not foolproof, but it's not terrible logic. <laughs> I guess for like a one-dimensional type of bad guy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do we want to hear uh, Brent's thoughts on this episode? I'm sure he's got a lot of questions because Brent is. I not even wrote really them watching. down. I know Ooh. the whole time we were watching the episodes this morning, and I'm like, I want to know what he's writing. So, Brent, uh, what are your questions about this episode? So, uh, you did answer one of them because I was like, "Why are are the cats reincarnated moon people too?" And you're like, "No." Well, sorta. They're not people. Um, sort of. So uh, apparently, to be a princess, you must be good at frisbee, which didn't make much sense to me. And uh, the the fact that like the amount of time it would have had to take to set up this very obvious trap as well, because I, I was one of my notes is like, does everybody work for the bad guys or just the headmistress? And it turned out just the headmistress did. Which means the other people, like all those butler-looking guys, were hired, I guess? And how did, like, did they do a casting call? <laughs> like, butlers needed for princess school <laughs> must be non-union. <laughs> yes, 100%. That's how that posting went. <laughs> well, I mean, in the, the earlier episodes of, of this season with the first general, Jedite... Uh, all of his business plans, or all of his traps were convoluted business plans, too. So it's not really anything new for the Dark Kingdom. They must have a very robust HR department. Well, okay, so I'm also wondering if... So the Countess was um, influenced by the Dark Kingdom. But she probably already had staff of her own being a Countess. So it might just be, like, her staff from when she was just like a regular plain old human. That's why they were so surprised when she became a monster. That's possible too. I mean, it is a very big house. You would need a lot of staff for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a weird episode. So how does it go? Like the, 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 the dark kingdom kidnaps these people and then turns them into monsters and puts them right back. Is, Is that how it works? Generally, uh, they yeah, they don't really she was a say. she was a person, right? Because Sailor Moon like re- refreshes her, which I thought was uh, I guess it's probably something in translation that just uh, doesn't quite come out right. But no, refreshes her, refresh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> refreshes her from being the monster back into the person. So I'm assuming she was that person before and at some point became the monster. Yeah, I think it's kind of like um, the monster possesses them. So I don't really think they're kidnapped. I think basically like the monster shows up one day when they're like by themselves in private and they get become possessed by this monster. So that way they're still human, but they can transform it. And then they transform into the monster when Sailor Moon shows up or... You know, when they think that they're at their end of their mission. Um, And then basically her moon healing escalation, like, exercises the monster out of the person. That's what I've always assumed. They don't really specify. So she's like the priest from The Exorcist. (laughs) Except not nearly as competent. (laughs) Hey, she gets the job done. (laughs) She does. Um, I really love at the end where she, like, swoops in with her chance to, like, win. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was like really good she's like sneaky because Kunzite and, and Demian are like fighting she's like oh this is my chance and why does she say chance in English I don't know yeah I like how the evil like empire also has like a political backstabbing structure oh, yes yeah. <laughs> I, felt bad for the mon- I felt kind of bad for the monster where she's like which boss do I listen to <laughs> 
couldn't cite her in Debian. Right. She's, she's just like, uh, uh, what, what should, I'm not paid enough to make these decisions. What should I do? Exactly. And that's how, like, Usagi comes in and she's just like, okay, time to refresh. That was good. <laughs> she didn't even need to use her tiara or anything. Yeah. So that's the reason why um, they used Frisbee for uh, the Moon Princess School, Brent, was because Sailor Moon's main attack is Moon Tiara action, where she throws her tiara like a Frisbee and it destroys monsters who are not human. Because before the monsters weren't possessing humans, they were just monsters. Okay. So I I like the design of this monster because they tried to go for like an elegant lady with like this weird gown at the bottom, but for some reason she's all clams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, so according to the uh, Sailor Moon fandom page, uh, this monster's name is Shakuke, which means high society in Japanese, which also sounds like the Japanese word for giant clam. Oh, which is why she's covered in clamshells. Oh, that makes much more sense now. Yeah. So some things get lost in translation. Um, I still don't know why she sprays wax at them. Like, do are clams known for spitting green goo at people? No, I don't think so. At first, I thought maybe she's like turning them into like pearl statues. But then she does say wax. Yeah. Yeah, green wax, turning them into wax figures by spraying wax at them. Mm-hmm. That sentence had the word wax in it three times. <laughs> yeah, so she's a, she's a super fun monster. Um, my only criticism to her design is that I wish they had given her, like, hair of some sort instead of clam head. Yeah, that would have, like, looked better, I guess. Uh-huh. But I don't know. It's kind of cool. She kind of has, like, this, like, short haircut kind of look yeah um so going back to this episode a bit how did the rest of the scouts get into the princess school without usagi noticing until the final exam (laughs) i don't know they don't explain that they just kind of show up yeah it did really seem like there was a scene cut out that explained (laughs) that because it just like they were there and like in plain view of Usagi, but not, like, nobody saying anything about it. I also think that they were just admitting people into princess school at any opportunity because there were girls in the school, and then halfway through, like, I guess the education, they were like, hey, Usagi, come join this school as well because you're good at Frisbee. And then cat said you should join. Yeah, and then, yeah. Which is weird um, <laughs> that they like totally didn't think she was crazy because of that. Um, and then the Sailor Shenchi get into the school as well. I think they're just trying to, again, capture as many girls as possible. But then why would she even go? Why would they even go for the, oh, it's by invitation only? Why don't they just go, sure, you can join. Go ahead. That's, I don't know. Oh, because it was the staff member who says it's by invitation only. So uh, he's not the one. He's not like. He's not in on it. He's not in on the secret. Right. I forgot that. Whereas it's the countess. She's like, come on, girls, just join so I can turn you into wax. And poor, and poor uh, 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 butler guy is like, um, okay. He's like, my boss needs a vacation. She's been really weird. <laughs> She's clearly snapped. Yep. Um, yeah. I really like the dresses that they wear for the dancing scene. Yeah, they're really cute. Yeah. I also like the outfit they wear when they're playing Frisbee. Yeah, it looks like they should be um, going horseback riding. Horseback riding, yeah. Those are jodhpurs, and they're wearing riding boots. Like, I don't know why they are wearing that to play Frisbee. I have no idea. Put on this horse riding gear. Now play Frisbee. Play Frisbee. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, pretty much. The butler guy is going more evidence that the countess has lost her mind. Yeah. Pretty much. He's like, as long as I'm still getting paid. <laughs> right? 
<sighs> and also, like, okay, so they've clearly been running this scheme for a little while because there's a room full of wax girls. No one goes into that room. No one's like, what the hell? Like, none of the other staff. Well, maybe they just assumed that the Countess has some weird sculpture problem or hobby and likes to carve terrified looking girls out of wax. Because even Jupiter, or Makoto, when she goes in, she's like, wait a minute, these aren't fake. They look too real. Um, I don't know. Whoever goes into, maybe they have to, they do like rock, paper, scissors to find out who has to go and dust in that room. <laughs> the creepy room which is dark and full of scary statues and then they just don't talk about it <laughs> it's like the room you see in Beauty and the Beast the animated one that has all the destroyed furniture yeah <laughs> it's like yeah because we are like if you pay attention to that movie you are led to believe that the rest of the furniture like all the furniture in the house became sentient like they were people oh. turned into furniture which means, like, the Beast, like, murdered some of their co-workers. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, wait a second. Now this is <laughs> off on a ta- We're going off on a tangent here, but, like... That's okay. We do that, that often. Does that mean Belle's bed is also sentient? Like, we never see the bed just, oh, like, pop that, up and start yeah, dancing. Maybe? I don't think that every single piece of furniture in the castle was sentient. I think that... There was already furniture, and then the people who got turned into more furniture um, just, you know, they, they were just more furniture. They weren't replacing furniture. And or... he just he just destroyed all the original furniture? Yeah, here's hoping. Because um, for all he knows, like, there was a couple of people who were in there hiding because they just turned into furniture and were terrified. And they're like, yep, they're like, this is weird. Why? Why am I an ottoman? What? Or maybe they were in there when they turned into furniture and they were like cleaning the room or something and all of a sudden they're a chair and then this pissed off beast comes in and they're like, oh my god, I'm a chair and there's a monster and then they get trashed. And then when everybody turned back, (laughs) somebody went into that room and it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) There's body parts everywhere. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) Oh no. Brent Chittenden ruining your childhood since 1994. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, back to the cute episode where they're like fighting monsters and dancing and not massacring people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I liked that only uh, Mako and Ami passed. Yes. And that Ray and, and Minako were both terrible at dancing, just like Usagi. Mm-hmm. Ray is like throwing people around and Minako's just dancing to her own music literally <laughs> so it's nice that they're not perfect like yeah because it's, it's we've, we've talked it's, about before like each of the sailor shenji have has like their own um you know like pros and cons and and uh they're all very unique mm-hmm. and they all have something that's they have in common with Usagi and that's how they're able to like make this friendship work. Yeah. So Minako and, and Ray, that's like being really clumsy and mm. bad at dancing. Yeah. I think that, I think not really, I think it's more that they don't have the same kind of grace. Well, I mean, but Ray, I would argue would have, has some grace, but she also has a temper. Yes. And she's bossy. Yeah, but I mean, to work as a shrine maiden, she's got to have some sort of grace, doesn't she? Although she was kind of bossy and scaring people away from the temple, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think she's too bossy for someone else to take the lead. And that's what her... That's why she couldn't really dance. (laughs) Yeah. And that's also her beef with Usagi as Sailor Moon, as the leader. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was pretty fun. It was too much fun. Um, it was very funny. It had a lot of cute little jokes in it, and uh, yeah, it's just it was. It's a very nice light episode after um, the episode, the previous episodes where things got pretty dark. Yeah, 
I'm surprised. I'm surprised that um, Naru didn't end up going to this princess school. That's true. I didn't add her to the. I didn't add this episode to the list of of Naru's trauma. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which um, is good. She, it's good she got to avoid being turned into a wax doll. I just. Uh, I only like. I. It wasn't bad. But the one thing that did bug me is at the end when Tuxedo Mask, like Sailor Moon's going to hit him with the refresh or whatever. And then he just moves backwards five feet and it threw her off. I'm like, he's still in the line of your line of sight. Still the line of fire. You can still hit him. Why are you not doing this? Yeah. I mean, like, she could have got him, but no. That, like, yeah. backwards gliding just threw her off. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he didn't really go very far. So it's almost like, yeah, she could have just recentered and gone again and maybe hit him. But, yeah. Nope. Instead, she was like, oh, yeah. No, you, you it wouldn't help the plot. <laughs> <laughs> So if you go to sailormoon.fandom.com and look at this um, episode, they do have some cute little sketches at the bottom of uh, the kind of the, that pink dress that Usagi was wearing when she was having dinner. Um, and the, it's not in color, though. And then there's another little sketch of her in the, the ballroom dress and another sketch of her in the frisbee slash riding gear outfit. So if you're interested in those pictures, go to that website. Um, there are also some cute screen caps at the bottom that I quite enjoy. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, episode 37. Let's become a princess. There was one thing she says at the end that I thought was really cute. Um, yeah. It, she's, she says that she wants to be her own kind of princess. And that's very, like, positive, I find, for her. And full of, like, that self-love that she always has. Which was, which is what makes her a strong character, not That's her crying. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there has been a lot of lately, the past couple episodes, there has been a lot of Usagi. You need to be who we want you to be, and not who you are. So it's nice that she's at the end of this. She's just like, yeah, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to be who I am. Mm-hmm. Even if that does mean she has to be Sailor Moon and the Moon Princess, but she's going to be her own Sailor Moon and Moon Princess, not what they expect her to be, which is very sweet. Yeah. And you get the classic running with toast in the mouth, which yep. is a fun little anime trope. <laughs> right, any more thoughts for this episode? No. God, like like I said, I was kind of surprised. It, it wasn't bad. It, 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 I wasn't like pulling my hair out by the end of it. So. <laughs> Fantastic. That's good. So you can watch more. Yeah. Like yeah, episode we'll 38. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. At the very least, he watched episode 38. But before we go on to that episode, we are going to have our snack break. All right, Tracy, do you want to tell us a bit about uh, today's snack? So, upon request from our special guest today, <laughs> corn ice cream. It smells so much like corn. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. So... It's um. It looks like an ice cream bar. So the brand we got was the Guggen uh, Sweet Corn Ice Bar. Oh, it is so soft. Like yeah, it's already so, like melty. So the ingredients, like the first couple ingredients, are water, sweetened sweet corn, um, sugar, corn syrup, dairy spread, skim milk powder, coconut oil, and then like I guess a couple of like things to kind of keep it together those kind of additives so Brent brought a bowl down with him in case it was gross I'm kind of glad I did because it's sort of really melty so I'm sort of eating it over the bowl oh my gosh it really does smell like corn like Mm. it super smells like corn so I'm I'm kind of surprised to say this this is actually pretty good (laughs) ha ha it's really weird though Hmm. Oh, you know like, what? That is pretty good. It tastes like like powdered milk. Like that's the kind of milky kind of flavor you get from it. Yeah. But with the corn pieces. So I was reading like reviews online and people were saying like that the 
the corn is actually really good, even though it's frozen, because it's still like chewy and corn consistency. Mm. Mm. See, that's what's throwing me off. Is every once in a while you get a piece of corn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And you have to chew. Imagine if if this was chocolate flavored. (laughs) With the little pieces of corn in it. Hmm. It tastes exactly what I kind of thought it would taste like. Kind of like milky, buttery, corny. See, you guys got a different one than what I was expecting you to get, too. Mm hmm. Mm. So, there's another one at the grocery store that we didn't get because it costs like twice as much, but <laughs> it was like. The corn ice cream, but inside of like a wafer that shaped like corn and corn on the cob. Um, oh, like those fish ice cream ones that you bought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the that was the other one at the grocery store. But seeing as how this is like the first time we're trying corn ice cream, we weren't really sure if we wanted to spend like ten dollars on those ice cream bars. Where these ones, yeah. I think, were like five ninety nine for four bars. Yeah. And we split the box because we were like, um, what if we hate these? We don't want to eat all of it. Mm-hmm. So Petra, I tried, trying to Petra find, like, is the... intrigued by the smell. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's the milkiness, right? Yeah. I tried finding, like, why corn ice cream? Like, is there a history of it? And, like, the best thing I could find is, like, because Korean people just like corn and everything. And I was like, okay. Huh. Okay. <laughs> That seems like a very broad generalization. Yep. (laughs) Now, I don't hate this. I don't think I will ever buy it again. But if I had, if somebody was like, hey, I bought corn ice cream bars, you want one? I wouldn't say no. Mm. (laughs) I really like them, actually. I think I would like it better without the corn in it. Like Mm -hmm. the exact same flavor. Because I don't think the actual corn really adds anything other than you have to chew every once in a while. It adds Mm. texture. It does. Mm. These are really good. Yeah, I won't share my second one. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll try the other kind one day. Mm -hmm. The label says premium corn. Sweet corn ice bar. Now, is this actual ice cream or is it something else? It's like um, more like iced milk, it looks like. Mm hmm. So, yeah, this one's we got these ones because the second ingredient was sweet corn, and we're like, oh, this one actually has corn in it. We got to try it. I feel like I should be eating this with a ham sandwich. Why? Because I usually have corn and ham. Oh. Like if I make a ham, I have corn on the cob with it. Oh. So whenever I eat corn, it automatically makes me want ham. Hmm. So I feel like I should be eating this ice cream bar and having a ham sandwich. Yeah. That's just me? Okay. (laughs) Totally. It's very melty, though. Yeah, that's creamy and melty. <laughs> Petra's eating the bo- the package. Stop that. So overall, I like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had worse snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I will that agree. That is true. <laughs> Brent was not a fan of the mochi or the dango. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I out of the snacks that you've had where I've had some. I think this is my second favorite. Huh. After the pork buns? Oh, I, I forgot about the pork bun. <laughs> this just got bumped down to third favorite? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I think what's um 
interesting about having Brent on the show is that he gets to try most of the snacks too. So he gets to actually give a rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I haven't tried any of the coffee ones because I don't like the flavor of coffee in anything. Mm. So, but yeah, pork buns and uh, the fish ice cream and this. Yeah, because I think I like the fish ice cream a little bit more than I like the, the cornsicles. Yeah, well, what about the Malona? He won't eat the Malona. Yeah, which it's, I'm not, not in, it's not in flavors that I like. I'm not complaining because I love it and it means I get the whole box. Hmm. So since we did the episode on with the Malona bars, I've eaten the, the strawberry box that was for the episode, two coconut boxes, and now I'm on a banana. <laughs> yeah, and like while I like coconut, I don't like it as like the overwhelming flavor of something. And I'm not a big fan of like fake strawberry flavor so and you won't like the fake banana <laughs> okay but i did like the fish ice cream the fish ice cream was it was surprisingly good Boop. it's just ice cream in a wafer shaped like a fish <laughs> with like raspberry jam on it mm-hmm. but it's shaped like a fish that's the important part mm. so that was our uh surprisingly good snack and uh for the Great amount choice, of, brent yeah for the amount of time brent was dreading that I, i'm glad he was pleasantly yeah. surprised no i i must admit it, it was a lot better than i thought it was going to be because <laughs> I, I get i i swear the one that i saw looked like it, whatever the bar was made out of was almost like water or ice like it was kind of on the box it looked see-through so you could really see like the corn in it. Oh. Petra's drinking my water. <laughs> Damn it, kitty. And it took me back to like, okay, so this is gonna date how old I am by a lot. But my uh in my elementary school we had sports illustrated, so like going back like years and years, like seventies and eighties. And there was a, an ad for a period where it was like veggie bars and they were frozen treat, like vegetable treat bars, but not an ice cream. And they also had like corn and broccoli in carrots and stuff. So oh, that sounds just, awful. Yeah. What? So that's what I just kept picturing. And Ooh. that's not what I got, luckily. That's Ugh. good. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So. We will move on to episode 38, The Snow, the Mountains, Friendship, and Monsters. Oh, this was another fun one where there's a moon princess contest. <laughs> okay, so you know what throws me off is I thought this was like just another plan that they made up. But right before they start skiing, the guy, the announcer is just like, thanks for coming to the fourth annual moon princess contest. And I was like, yeah. What? Well, how? I mean, <laughs> the legend of the princess on the moon is a Japanese cultural thing. It's just, you know, in Usagi's case, it happens to be real. Um, so I guess for the rest of Japan, it's still the legend of the moon princess. So it's still kind of like a thing. Okay. That's what I, I was wasn't assuming. aware. I wasn't yeah. aware that there was like a thing. So, okay. Because I was like, really? <laughs> they were celebrating this and then Kunzite found a way to like worm his way into it yeah the, yeah, dark, but, the dark empire just lucked out and like yeah. hey we can just co-op this they've already got it set up that takes down like half of our prep time and couldn't say just did an internet search for moon princess contest <laughs> maybe that's, that's what he just does and then- <laughs> he's just got like a saved google search of moon princess and then like dot 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 and it's like ooh moon princess festival Moon Princess Ski Hill, Moon Princess <laughs> and again, Frisbee like, Tournament. Like the Wily e. Coyote, and he's like trying to trap the Roadrunner. <laughs> like these schemes are so ridiculous. But at least this one does save him a little bit of work. But she yeah. walks into it every single time. Yes, she, she does. does. That's why he keeps trying is because at the very least, he knows she's going to show up because you're what? 37 episodes in. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's like great branching out like they're because everything before was in there. It was in Juban and now they're going to other places in Japan. There's a great comic online called Moonsticks, and I can't find the actual um, the actual comic. I'm trying to find it real quick, but it's basically a a, a play on that. It's uh, Kunzite's putting up a poster that says, you know, Moon Contest, and uh, they're like, she's never gonna fall for that. And then the next strip is her uh, taking the poster down, going, "Oh my gosh, it's a Moon Contest! I need to be in part of this." <laughs> Not so, any other details, just moon contest. Yeah. I think the best way would be to invent a dessert and say it's a dessert for moon princesses. Yeah, you know what? That would get her no problem because she'd be. I like, know, and then all you need to do is like put the dessert on like a table and then put like one of those box traps just like above it. So when she goes in, you just pull the string and she's trapped in the box. <laughs> How to catch a sailor moon in two easy steps. Right. It's a candy. Ooh, it's a candy. Yeah. <laughs> but that would catch her. <laughs> oh, it totally would. It hmm. would. Okay, so we get to see in this episode, which I really like, how devious Monaco is because she's like let's suggest telling Luna and Artemis that we're going to go train in the mountains so that they'll be allowed to go and I love the best way to get them to not come with them is like we turned on the heater and the cats fell asleep on it yes (laughs) because that's exactly what would happen to the cats (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's way too warm in here I'm just going to sleep on this nice they go do what they want in the cold (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, Yeah. This was a super cute episode. Also, um I like that uh we get a little bit more of Yuri Chiro's background in it. Cause so yes. far all we really know about him is that he he was here's a background for you, Brent. He was uh passed out or sleeping on the steps to Ray's shrine and then woke up and saw Ray fell instantly in love with her and decided he wanted to work at the shrine. That's all we really know about him at this point. Um, See, I was going to ask why they, they were at a shrine where everybody else seems to be like high school kids, I guess. So that's Ray's family's shrine. So she works there as a shrine maiden. It's her grandfather is the one who runs the shrine. And then, so he's actually like rich. Like, he's from a rich family. And the reason why they get the Yuichiro family home to themselves is because the family's in Switzerland. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, com- so convenient. Yeah, why, why are they not? in Switzerland? Why are they leaving They're these mountains? Skiing. To go to those mountains. Well, I mean, like, I can understand why you would want to go to Switzerland instead of mountains in Japan. But, you know, when you ski the same runs over and over and over again, sometimes you just want to go somewhere else and try different runs. And we have that kind of money. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you're that rich. (laughs) So he's clearly not, like, a homeless person. Or, I mean, like, he could be. I mean, maybe his parents cut him off. To some extent, being like, go find yourself. And that's how he ends up there. But um, I find it really interesting that Ray's like, hmm, so you're actually just not like a bum. (laughs) (laughs) So, but we've seen this with Ray before because when she wanted to date. So here's another little, not really a spoiler for you, Brent, because. You know, we already did this episode, but she dated Mamoru, who's Tuxedo Mask, for a while. And yeah, when I kind of she... gathered that by what was the the discussion when they're buried in snow. Yeah. So when um when she's like deciding if she wants to date Mamoru, she's like interrogating his friend to find out, and they find out that he's quite wealthy too, and she's like, "Oh, really?" And so then she's like, well, I'm already interested in him and he's rich. That doesn't hurt. Let's go for it. And I kind of feel like it's the same thing happening with Yuichiro. It's where she's like, well, she's kind of interested. But, you know, up till now, she thought he was a bum. 
This is the um, icing on the cake. She's just like, now, yeah. You were a muffin, but now you're red velvet. That's <laughs> 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 awesome. <laughs> I could not say it better than that. <laughs> it's exactly it. That's exactly so, yeah. it. It's nice that he, we get a little bit more of his personality. Well, he doesn't really have a personality, but we get a little bit of his backstory. Yeah. And I think it's really great that they have some. So Yuichiro and Ray have something in common, and they're both really incredible skiers. Mm hmm. <laughs> so, which yeah. is like she had nothing in common with Mamaru. Like they would just like go on these really lame dates where they barely even talk to each other. Yeah. And I mean, you really get to see, although Yuichiro is quite stupid, um, you really get to see his devotion for her. And you got to see it previously in the mo- in the episode where uh, what was her grandfather turns into a monster, um, where you see his his devotion to her, like, I need to protect her. I need to make sure she's safe, which is kind of sweet, um, even if he's not very smart. But maybe but he is. Mom- we just haven't got to that part yet. Like, Mamoru would never do anything like that for Ray. He was very much self-involved, right? So Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's sweet that, you know, at least she's got somebody, or she's found somebody who's devoted to her that way. And I mean, she's only 14. Like, really, it's not like they're going to get married. Well, maybe. How old is Yuchiro? Does it say? It doesn't. I don't think it says. It doesn't say. I hope he's just not as old as Mamaru, because, like, honestly, he's so old. (laughs) Well, not really. Like, compared to the the teenage 14-year-old girls, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways. So, I don't know if we get Yurichiro again until Sailor Moon S. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, well. (laughs) <laughs> he served his purpose mm-hmm. um, we also get a glimpse in the in the dark kingdom I like that we get that glimpse of Kunzite holding the picture of Zoisite because we did talk before about whether or not Kunzite actually had genuine feelings for Zoisite and I think this really cements it that you know he did care for Zoisite and in his own weird twisted evil way and he still kind of pissed at the Sailor Senshi and really wants to get revenge on them. I thought that was a cute touch. Oh, okay. See, I wasn't quite sure what was going on there. Uh-huh. So Zoisite was the general before Kunzite? Yeah, that much I knew. And they had, Zoisite and Kunzite have a relationship, or had a relationship, I guess, and then Zoisite dies. And uh, Kunzite's pissed. <laughs> I'm glad that he's still angry, because, I mean, if he had forgotten all about Zoicide already, I would have been like, oh, come on. Like, that's just cruel. I just feel like that would have been more realistic, because the whole time that Zoicide was alive, up until the part where um, he's about to die, it it doesn't seem like the feelings are very mutual. Sorry. Like, it just seems, it always seemed kind of one-sided, like Zoicide was in love with Kunzite, and that was it. Yeah. But that's why I said I liked that we see that it wasn't that one-sided anymore. It would actually was Kunzite did care for Zoisite. Or it could be a little bit of wanting what you can't have. On whose side? Well, Kunzite, right? Like, Zoisite was there, and that was nice, but now that Zoisite isn't there, now he's, like, mourning it. No, well, maybe. Yeah. That's the, I don't know. That's the way I kind of see it. Yeah, all their relationships are very twisted in some way. Exactly. Because, you know, Dark Kingdom. <laughs> Days the bad guys. Days the bad guys. The baddies. <laughs> um, I found it super irresponsible that uh, Yuichiro and Rei took Usagi up to the top of the mountain when she's clearly never skied before. Like, that's just mean and and, and dangerous. Like... But it's actually she's she isn't that bad, and even Ray admits it. She's just like, wow, she's not, she's pretty good, even though Usagi's pretty much just falling down the hill without 
Yeah. Without falling over, which is still pretty talented, I think, if you're going to make it that way, that far down a hill without falling. Yeah. I guess that's that's what skiing basically is. It's falling down a hill without falling. Yeah. (laughs) So Usagi's probably got some pretty strong core muscles to be able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I felt bad. Also, the animation in this episode was really cute. Like, the eyes seem to be extra big and, like, the faces and full were a little of tears. smaller. Yeah. They, they had like a lot of really tender moments in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, so it was very cute. Yeah. And uh, I just like poor Usagi like the whole time. She's all like, Yeek! like all like in on her, in, like hugging herself almost like holding her ski poles close to herself. And until she gets pushed down the hill, then everything's flying. Her arms around her pigtails are flying and, She's just like, I can't stop! <laughs> uh, it was so cute. I liked this episode. Yeah, it wasn't bad. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I would like to, to talk about the fact that when they're trapped in the, the hole, mm-hmm. there's a Sailor Scout with powers that revolve around fire. And it takes them forever to figure out that, like, hey, fire melts snow. Maybe we should use your powers to try and get out. Uh. Yeah, and I yeah. love it when they finally realize that Reyes gets mad at Usagi for not coming up with it. I'm like, you! You are the fire senshi! You should have known this! <laughs> exactly. Oh, well. Yeah. But it gives them that opportunity for that little tender moment where we finally hear Ray say that, you know, she's over not over completely but you know she's not going to bother with tuxedo mask and memoru anymore and and that she's happy that uh usagi can have him if you know he stops being evil yeah but when tuxedo mask shows up in this episode they both have like the heart eyes and they're so excited to see him yeah that's why i'm like i don't think she's completely over him but ray anyway but i think that at least ray is able to admit to herself that it's not going to happen yeah. But she could still crush after him. Oh, for sure. The way, like, Usagi's been crushing after him this whole time, right? Yeah. The way Usagi crushes over everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and continues to do so for the rest of the show. <laughs> like She crushes after Haruka. She crushes after Seiya. She... Boy, that's just the main characters. Um, This is another fun monster. Yeah, about yeah. the design on this one. She's just wearing snowmen. What is that? That was weird. Yeah, but like with like mitten nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That so was this so is Blizzard, which is derived from the English word blizzard. Yeah. Really amazing. I know. Um. So. Yeah, she's just, hmm. I don't know if they showed her feet very much in the actual episode, but when I'm looking at the picture of her on the Sailor Moon fandom website, uh, her feet are like bunnies. Oh, really? Like, like snowy bunnies. Hang on, let me see if I can send the picture to you guys in the chat. But they, it looks like almost like she's wearing bunny slippers. Hmm. With like little green ears. And they're cute. And then, what did you say, Brent, about her uh, midsection? <laughs> so, the all the snowmen have faces, and her crotch face never looks happy. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely has a yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like that her shoulder snowmen have bucket heads, like bucket hats. Yeah. It's just a very strange-looking Yuma. Yeah, she's very odd-looking. But I kind of like her. She's super fun. I don't know. <laughs> it must be tough to come up with, like, so how many episodes does this whole, whole season run? This season? 40? 46. 46. So, like, it must be tough to come up with, like, with, like after 10, <laughs> like, themed monsters that go along with the episode. Oh, well, wait till you get to Sailor Moon S, where the monsters are all a sexy version of blank. (laughs) In Sailor Moon S, there is a 
uh, daemon seed, like a demon seed that embeds itself into an object and turns that object into a sexy monster. So, you know. Oh, so uh, it's like the, that one section of, of Spirit Halloween. Yeah. Um, only it's like... <laughs> Like there's one where they turns her like a sexy vacuum cleaner monster, um, or <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you can buy that costume at Spirit Halloween. Probably. <laughs> Spirit Halloween is not paying for us to have this podcast. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a fun Yuma, but she doesn't really do much. Like she doesn't. Like, some Yuma, you can you can definitely make the argument they have a personality. She's just like attack. And even when uh, Endymion shows up, she's like, but I'm supposed to kill them. And he's like, no. And she's like, okay, fine. And then she's like, sneak attack! Um, but I really love that there's that moment where Endymion is holding the rose in the, or has thrown the rose and the rose is flickering back and forth from black to red. So you can see that he's kind of fighting his brainwashing a bit, maybe? Mm-hmm. And that Mars says, your most beloved Sailor Moon is here. And I'm like, Ma! <laughs> so that sad. Was so that was so but sweet. When Ray transformed, she said, you know, prepare for, I think it was prepare for punishment for freezing my Yurichiro. Yeah. So she's starting to, like, have more feelings for him, I think. Yeah. Also, she's very possessive. So. She is. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably one of those girlfriends who's just like, I don't really love you, but you can't date anybody else. That's exactly how she is. Uh-huh. But I mean, <laughs> she's like that with her friendships, too. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, we know we realize that Tuxedo Mask isn't completely brainwashed, which is, I guess, good. Um, but he still tries to kill them. But then he tries to save them. And then he disappears. And it's just very, very confusing. I I feel really bad for him at this point because he like doesn't get his memories until episode thirty two, and then he's brainwashed by like episode thirty three. Yeah. So he like has his memories for all of thirty seconds. Yep. So he's like constantly trying to figure out who he is, and then he's brainwashed. Yeah. Once he finally realizes who he is, it's like. What did we say? 35 episodes of him, um, or 34 episodes of him figuring out who he is. Then he gets 30 seconds of, I know who I am, and he's brainwashed. Ah, <laughs> uh, poor guy. I'll have um, to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any questions about this episode, Brent, or comments? Uh, I thought the monster design was kind of out there. <laughs> I, I think it's the mittens that appear to be nipples and like just sort of hanging around. <laughs> yeah. But again, it brings up like the the like so you know, as you said, this festival was like around for three years before this one. Was it one that they found, or is it one of those things that like they have been planning this for four years? That's actually also a possibility if they... But they, the Dark Kingdom wasn't looking for the Moon Princess, though. Was the, Were they? No, they were just trying to find the Silver Crystal. Yeah. Which they're still apparently looking for? Yes, but at the same time, they want to destroy Sailor Moon. Well, okay. that really is... I think that really is just Kunzite Zone, like, solo-type... Uh, mission is to kill Sailor Moon, whereas everyone else is just trying to get this Millennium Crystal. The Silver yeah. Millennium Crystal. The Silver Crystal, yeah. I just looked it up because I was curious. And um, the Moon Princess in Japanese mythology is the tale of Princess Kaguya, uh, which is also the tale of the Bamboo Cutter. Um, and it's actually one of the oldest... Um, prose from Japanese folklore it goes back to the 10th century and it's uh, about a moon princess I mean I'm just kind of skimming it because I don't have time to read this whole thing while we're talking but yeah look it up and it's basically about um, 
a moon princess. So, like, this has been part of Japanese culture for centuries. And it I seems think I think weird that, that a bamboo cutting princess would have a festival that has to do with skiing. Oh, she doesn't cut the bamboo. She though the bamboo cutter is somebody else. He finds a baby inside the bamboo. They name they raise the baby as a daughter. Uh and then she grows up into a beautiful woman. I'm skimming this. People try to marry her. Blah blah impossible tasks. Oh, where do we get to the part about her becoming a princess on the moon? <laughs> then she ski oh. jumps her way to the moon. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> she sees the full moon and her eyes fill with tears and I guess she realizes she's not of this world and must return to her people on the moon. Because in, in uh, Sailor Moon, the moon people are sent to Earth and in this one, the Earth prin- the princess from the moon is sent to Earth but then she goes back to the moon. So, cool. Anyway, if you're interested, you can read The Tale of the Bamboo Cutter. I'm sure you can find it online somewhere. I just was skimming over a Wikipedia article. Um, but yeah, I think that's why we had the fourth annual Moon Princess skiing competition is because it's tied back to this 10th century legend that all of Japan knows about. There we go. We learned something. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So I felt a little bit bad for these two episodes for Brent because he doesn't really get to see all of the senshi. He just got in, uh, the last episode he got, uh, Mars and Venus, and in this episode he gets Mars. So he missed out on on Mercury and and, uh, Jupiter. So we may have to have Brent back again so he can have the full Sailor Moon experience. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The full Sailor Moon experience where it's like 10 episodes from now. So I'm even deeper into the mythology or we could have you watch some of the early episodes when we do Sailor Moon Crystal. Actually, that Maybe. would be... Well, yeah, if you came on for the first episode of Sailor Moon Crystal, you get some background stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll figure that later. Um, anything else you want to say about either of these two episodes? Uh, it, it was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be, much like the corn ice cream. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's fairly par for the course when it when it comes to anime from that period that that's meant for like all ages you you know what i mean like it's it's not definitely geared towards adults although obviously adults can kind of enjoy it so it's a it was fun i i would do more episodes put it that way yay yay you're the first person who said that. Well, like the first person who isn't really a fan of Sailor Moon who would say they would come back and watch more Sailor Moon. <laughs> well, it's like, I, like I grew up watching anime, just not this one. My my anime tended to be more geared towards giant robots <laughs> for the longest period. So it's, but, you know, it's, I I have watched other magical girl anime before, just not Sailor Moon. Like, it's weird. I've probably watched more stuff that's been inspired by Sailor Moon than Sailor Moon itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Sailor Moon did kind of set the standard for magical girl anime for a lot of different, uh, for a lot of different shows. And even for non-magical girl anime, just, you know empowered female um, protagonists in general have gotten a lot of influence from Sailor Moon, which is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if we don't have anything else to add to this, uh, I guess we will call it a day for Sailor Snacking. Um, thanks very much for listening. Thank you, Brent, for being on the show. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Uh, so you can find us on social media at Sailor Snacking on Instagram. We are still piggybacking off of True North Nerds for uh, most other social media. So truenorthnerds at gmail.com if you'd like to email us. Uh, True North Nerds Facebook page. And also uh, True North Nerds has an Instagram if you're interested in the other podcast that Brent and I do, which is more about general nerdiness um, than specifically about one nerdiness like this one. <laughs> 
so yeah, until next time, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for our next episode. Bye. Bye. I'm trying oh. to think there's one that we were watching. I, I think it was you and I maybe, or oh, that's the years are starting to blend in together <laughs> where it's like, uh, something magic club, maybe where it's, it's, it's uh, similar. It's a magical girl anime. And, but the, the main character is a, a klutz and not particularly good with their powers. I don't know. Yeah. Off the Never top of my mind. head. I don't know what that one would be. Hopefully I will remember to edit this part out, but I probably won't. <laughs>